Welcome back. This is Sunday Self-Care with your favorite host, Sarah Lee. So, so far, everyone is loving the podcast. I think that you like this podcast. If not, please let me know. But I also wanted to say thank you very much to the men that are listening. Because if you are working on yourself, then you are the man, okay? So last week, I got a request from one of my favorite girlfriends. And she asked if I can do an episode on how to become the best version of yourself. And list more specific tips and tricks. Yes, I can and I will. I'm doing it now just for you. The key word in this becoming the best version of yourself is yourself. So keep in mind that living a life more genuine to you is going to be a journey that you have to take by yourself. And this is a question for you guys, but I just want to know, do you ever wonder why your friends and family don't talk about this topic? I think it's because they're not doing it. So randomly send this podcast to somebody you believe also deserves their best life. Because if they're not talking about it, they're probably not, you know, walking the walk. So tips and tricks from me to you. We're going to get right into it. Number one, pay your bills because I pay my bills, but are your bills paid? And if you don't know how much your bills are or also how much you spent this week to the dollar, that you don't value your own time. So while you're spending a Jackson here and there, you're also forgetting that you're signing away one to two hours of your time for somebody else. And just keep that in mind. So this week, remember to pay your bills and keep track of how much you spend. Number two, turn any negative thoughts into a mirror. This way we can learn more about ourselves. There is a reason why we don't judge homeless people but we judge the people that are around us at work and at home. It is because we feel naturally threatened. And this is a natural thing that happens. So I'm going to be real with you. In the past, I made a short comment. I was just, you know, complaining. But this was to some close friends. And I said that I don't like sorority girls. Because I experienced the negative stereotype that they are attention-seeking, basic, and fake. But let's be honest, you know, whenever I mention attention-seeking, I'm also not thinking about the fact that I am attention-seeking in the way that I am very competitive, you know? Like, getting attention from winning or, you know, doing well, it makes me feel good, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I am saying that as a deflection, you know, to get some kind of uh, nodding heads and uh, support from my friends. But, you know, maybe I also don't hate being basic, but instead I'm fearful of not being unique enough and valued. And by saying someone else is fake, maybe I personally really just don't like feeling dismissed or not as important. So even though I did get like a nod of approval after I was complaining, do I take back what I said? Yes, because negative comments don't pay my bills and they also don't pay yours. So number two is turning these negative thoughts into a mirror to learn more about yourself, what you value, what irks you, and what you're kind of seeing is lacking within you. So number three, do activities to channel your inner child. Nothing is more genuine than the days we had absolutely no responsibility. At that age, we were just so bored and understimulated that I know we all woke up at 5, 6, 7 a.m. because we were so excited to do something fun. And so from what I recall, the things I like to do were freeze tag, ugly fashion sketches, Hot Wheels, experiments, 
light up sketchers, DIY, bedazzling things, and inline skating. And these are kind of hobbies that we often drop as we age, but the people that stuck with it are now pros and love what they do. And to be more genuine to who you are, you should sometime this week think about something that you loved as a child or would love to do and just pick it back up or try it. So an idea I had was bedazzling a journal. Or, since I liked Hot Wheels, go to a car museum. Last week, I started attending a dance fitness class, and it's been super fun. And I was uh, kind of embarrassed or nervous to go by myself because I did not think that if I went by myself, it would I would survive. So I kept asking this friend to go, and she, would, she just wasn't able to go because of her schedule. And I finally made the leap to go by myself, and it's been the most amazingly fun thing that I've done since my freshman year of college. So please try this out. Transitioning into a different topic, everyone has their own signature style. And as a kid, I could not wait to dress myself, and I oftentimes dreamt of having access to the unlimited amount of clothing items that I can pick from. But I think that the second that we have the luxury of dressing ourselves, it's not something that we realize instantaneously and can pinpoint like an award or a celebration. But since 80% of the way people see you is through how you look, which is just how the world works, I, I didn't make it like that, but taking the time to dress ourselves is super, super important. Number four is dress yourself the way you think you dress. And this means avoiding letting yourself think like, oh, it's okay, I'm just going to wear this wrinkled, stained t-shirt that doesn't fit well while I go out and run errands because normally I dress well, just not today. We are going to let that mindset go because valuing how you look is valuing how you feel and perform. If you are letting yourself wearing a stained, ripped, or uh, not fitting well t-shirt, then what does that say about ourself and how we value ourselves and our time and how we feel. So you deserve to look like your Poshmark pins or your, you know, your career board or whatever it is that you imagine yourself to look. And if it's not today, then when? You know, when will it be? Next year where you start getting items that you really are confident in or is it going to be the year after that that you start actually looking at your wardrobe and saying, "Okay, are these things are these items things things that I wear on a daily basis that I just absolutely love? So you can wear a suit, wear the unique earrings that you love, wear whatever it is, even the sweatpants and the regular t-shirts. I'm not saying that you can not dress like it's a Sunday. You can do that, but you know, get rid of the stained t-shirts or things that just do not fit well. And so to do this, I recommend going through your closet and jewelry and just throughout the week putting clothes that don't fit well, that have stains, or that don't bring you joy in a pile. If you're not confident in it, then just put it in the pile on the floor. So over the course of the week, you should have a pretty good pile of clothes and you might have even put some of the clothes you put on the floor back onto the rack and that's okay. But just keep in mind that there are only seven days in a week. And I know that we all do laundry every week or two, so at the most, you really only need nine sets of daily clothes that you really love. And this might seem a little bit difficult, 
I'm not, this is not counting like special occasions, by the way, but even though it seems difficult, just as Steve Jobs is known for wearing his black turtleneck, turtleneck every day, it actually benefits you to wear your favorite items every week because this repetition creates a recognizable style. And every time you do swap out items for fresh ones that are adhering to your changing palette, other people will also notice as well. And so we can kind of pick up on each other's style and become more unique and um, dress as genuinely as we can to, to really our Pinterest boards. I mean, if I think about it, I have a whole bunch of Pinterest items on my board that I just like pinned. And so it makes me happy because I feel like pinning them into a folder makes the items just appear magically into my closet. And I have this idea in my head that I dress like those pins. But then you actually look at your closet and you're like, wait, what is this shirt doing from middle school that I have? And what is the, like these pair of pants that don't fit well? Why am I still wearing them, you know? So just try to actually, you know, turn on the lights in your closet and look at everything. Number five, cut out any enabling thoughts. For example, stop saying, it's okay that I did this, or it's not okay, I, or it's okay that I did this because I did not do this, or because I did this. Look, it's either you do or you don't, right? And so it's okay if you like gained weight or lost weight or didn't do well on something or even did great on something, but instead you should really just own it and move on. So these phrases like, it's okay that I did ABC because EDF, or I don't, I didn't do that right, but you know, saying that those phrases are trying to trick you into thinking that you're fine with something when you're really not. So you're claiming that it's okay that you perform poorly because ABC, but when you say phrases like that, it doesn't really sound like you really are. So if you are, you need to own it, admit that you did or didn't do something, don't waste time dwelling on it, and then just move on with the same or better choices. And just because you made choices you're not proud of yesterday does not mean you will or need to make the same choices tomorrow. So you don't have to justify yourself anymore. And those justifications are the enabling thoughts that we should cut out. Number six. Oh, and I'm not sure if I mentioned, but this is um, out of seven tips. So we're near the end. But number six is read. And this can be in the form of a traditional book, a cookbook, newspaper, or magazine. So we often look at the people around us to locate what we envy and then go out and work hard to get that because we think it'll make us happier and more loved. But today we do this all the time, all day, through YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the people we meet in person, and television. However, we often cannot see the journey, which is the most valuable part. So for example, instead of a YSL bag, how about we envy our unique character that makes the bag more valuable to our personal style? Or envy the fresh produce that people are driving to get access to? Or the health that allows families to laugh and flourish together? And maybe even the people you meet when you support good causes just give you a perspective on life that you've never seen before. So I encourage you this week as a challenge to just swap out one of your couch potato activities like Netflix, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook with a book you've been dying to read 
maybe even a bibliography or a cookbook. And I'm including a cookbook because I feel that it's a way to get a glimpse into someone's kitchen. It's almost as if they're opening the door and saying, come in, come in, you know, I have the tomatoes simmering on the, you know, um, it's just more like personal. Um, and then also you can do like a magazine or diary or book of art. But through these mediums, you can find the real valuable concepts and gems that you might want to appreciate and then collect and instill in yourself. And even if it's a fiction book, you might fall in love with how the characters appreciate and find happiness from the things you haven't even thought about. And that will also give you a new perspective on what you want from life. So moving on, are you the type of person that won't spend an extra $20 a month on superfood grocery items for your health, but are willing to spend $200 a year on things like Apple Care in case you cracked your screen? Are you the kind of person that has the money to pay $150 for a reckless speeding ticket, but does not have $20 for a charity that you claim you love? Or are you the type of person to think that your all-time favorite luxury item you've been dreaming about is way too expensive, but then the random $900 flight across the world is so cheap that you just have to make a $4,000 vacation out of it? The bigger question is, do you value the things that bring you happiness? And do you put your time and money into those things? So number seven, this is the last and final tip, but it's an amazing one. I have an abbreviation for it, and it's called M&M, M&M. Get a hold of your money and morals. Money and morals, M&M. Save money on things that you don't care about and spend money on the stuff that you do care about that, you know, wrap around your morals. So a good exercise this week is to just quickly jot subjects in all areas of your life and then choose if it is valuable to you or not. And that will tell you what to save or spend money on. So personally, things that I do care about and spend money on off the top of my head are vitamins, supporting good causes or local businesses, my teeth, uh, quality shoes and bags, tiramisu, I have to have tiramisu like every week, skincare, and then quality experiences with other people. Things that I don't care for and then save money on are most junk foods, eating out, full price books, nails, uh, gigabytes on my phone plan, hair products and styling, low quality fast fashion, and then YouTube premium. So where this applies in a real world basis that actually happened to me uh, yesterday is I know I do not care about phones, but um, you know, yesterday I was in the Apple store and I recently got the iPhone 13 because I had my success uh, yeah success for five to six years because it worked perfectly fine I loved it but it was just a uh, time for an upgrade just for safety purposes and productivity purposes it's just a lot more efficient and um you know, iPhone Pro Max, 10 Plus X, I don't care what you have, um, but most people do, and then most people care about getting unlimited data. But personally, I usually have Wi-Fi everywhere I go, so I only use the five gigabyte plan because I only use it for driving um, whenever I need directions. But when I was at Apple the other day, an associate asked if I wanted to get Apple Care for $150 a year. 
which means that they would fix my screen for free. And if I ever dropped it in water, a replacement would be $300. And I think that this was a yearly thing um, that I would pay $150 a year. Um, for some reason, I'm try trying to think. Maybe she said it was for two years, but either way, she said it's an amazing deal that even she uses. But I told her, you know, I can fix my own screen for $20. And then she came up with a rebuttal and was like, oh, the iPhone 13 is way harder to fix. I was like, okay, okay, fair. And then she added that they also fix facial recognition. And I just had to take a second and think, like, do I actually value these things? Do I need it? Is it worth it? And I realized I have a good case on my iPhone. I rarely drop my iPhone. I don't bring my phone into the shower. And if it means saving $300, I'm willing to leave my phone in my purse if it's raining. So if my facial recognition was not working, that's just not a big deal to me because it's just, it's just something that's not important to me. But in five years, if I ran my phone over with my car or if someone just broke it, I am totally willing to buy another phone with cash using the amount of money that I saved by not getting Apple Care. So, um... I just told her, you know what, I don't believe I need it, I'll just take good care of my phone. She looked a little bit disappointed, but the money that I saved, I can put towards better experiences with other people. You know, I could put it towards another bag, I could put it towards tiramisu, I can put it towards maybe even buying an extra 5 gigabytes if I ever run out, but just for me to pay $150 a year and then pay another $300 if I need a replacement phone that was just unnecessary to me but I almost did it I impulsively I wanted to buy it because she's telling me it's a good choice but if you actually sit down with yourself and realize you know what is it that I care about and what is it that I don't care about it helps you make better choices financially on a day-to-day -day basis so yep I told her I don't really care about my iPhone Pro Max 10 plus X 13 I am totally fine just taking care of it, and if it ever breaks, I'll get another one, you know. And instead of paying my $150 a year now, if I don't have money in five years and need a new phone, I guess I'll be doing a payment plan of like $50 a month. So, yeah. Thank you so much. These were seven different tips. I'm going to go ahead and summarize them. Number one is pay your bills. Number two... Oh, also adding to number one is make sure you also know how much you spent every week. So pay your bills and keep track of your spending. Number two is turning negative thoughts into a mirror to learn more about yourself. And then number three, do activities to channel your inner child. Number four, dress yourself the way you think you dress, you know. Um, number five is cut out any enabling thoughts or thoughts of justifying any of your choices or decisions because any choice or decision you make is yours and you don't need to justify it. Number six is read. And number seven is M&M. Get a hold of your money and morals. So thank you so much. This has been, I think, the third or fourth week of Sunday Self-Care with Sarah Lee. Um, as you know, I am your number one stop shop listen until you drop podcast. And I hope that you have a very warm and fulfilling week. Let me know if you have any suggestions for this podcast. I do have kind of an outline of what I want to say. But you know, sometimes I kind of kind of stutter and my brain just pauses. So I will try to get better on that. I hope the audio is to your standards. 
If not, you know, you don't have to listen anymore. But, you know, if you have any ideas or suggestions, please, please, please let me know. But like I said, this is Sunday Self-Care with Sarah Lee, your number one stop shop, listen unto you, drop podcast, and I hope you have a warm and fulfilling week. Thank you.